Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sara Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today, my guest is Channa Bromley. Channa is an international award-winning matchmaker, dating and relationship coach, who's been featured as a love expert on Women's Health Magazine, Oprah Magazine, Cosmopolitan Magazine, and the New York Times. With over 17 years of experience providing personalized custom coaching, in the realm of personal relationship and spiritual development, Channa has helped thousands of men and women meet their personal and relationship goals through transformational healing work. So I am super excited to welcome Channa Bromley to the show. Welcome, Channa. Thanks so much, Sarah. It's wonderful to be here. I'm very excited because you do some really interesting stuff. Now, t- do you mind telling us a little bit about who you are? I know you're based in Costa Rica right now, but mm. you have such an amazing story as well as living in an incredible place. It's on my bucket <laughs> list to visit, by the way. So would you mind telling us a little bit about how you came to do the work that you do? Yeah, so I have been a love coach for almost 20 years now. And I didn't become a coach because I had it all figured out. It was quite the opposite, actually. I came from so much trauma as a child and going through trying to find my own romantic relationship. It was just so many repeating painful patterns and I was desperate to figure it out. So I started learning everything I could. I began with the energetics. Um, Now I have my PhD in metaphysical sciences and counseling. I believe that as humans, we are multidimensional. So for me, in my practice, it's really important that I am working on different dimensions with, with my clients. And it took me a lot of trial and error and tribulations until I was able to call in my real world soulmate. And I actually met him here after I moved to Costa Rica. Um, I came here because I just had this intense calling and I've learned to just listen (laughs) when you are being called. And so I came here with no rhyme or reason, sold everything and met him two weeks after I got here. And it was just that, you know, and we we, we learn a lot from each other still. (laughs) It's definitely a relationship where we're constantly growing, but it's beautiful. Wow. So, I mean, I guess that's the best way to learn, isn't it? I know that I learned all about divorce from going through a really tough divorce myself. And that's really why I do what I do. So you went through a lot of trials and tribulations with the dating scene and getting your heart broken, did you? Or how did that play out? Yeah, I mean, it was choosing the wrong men, choosing the emotionally unavailable men, liking that chase equating my self-worth to the approval and and acknowledgement of other people. When somebody was good for me, I would sabotage the relationship because I learned that I had 
I, I had really strong limiting beliefs that I was not lovable, that I was not deserving of great love, that I was not deserving of happiness. So anytime I would get a taste of it, I would sabotage it. And then I would chase the experiences that would give me what I think I deserved. So it took a lot of reflection and a lot of healing and deep inner work in order for me to understand the divine truth of it all is that we are love. We are deserving of love. One of the things I teach is when we finally understand this and we call in that that self-love, that soul love, that's when we're going to receive it from somebody else. Not before, only once you give it to yourself. That's really good advice. And, and it's really insightful, I think, because quite often I know a lot of my listeners will be thinking, yeah, I keep chasing the wrong person. Or, <laughs> you know, or I've, I've tried to make this relationship work, but we're just not getting on. I know you work a lot as well, don't you, with people that are in relationships that are thinking maybe we should leave, this isn't working, and you help them rejuvenate the relationship. So I'd love to know a little bit about that, because I know a lot of my listeners may be in maybe what they think is a dysfunctional relationship, and maybe Mm. it is, but how do you know whether it's something you should leave or whether it's worth Mm. giving it another go? The million dollar question, (laughs) should I stay or should I go? My belief is if there's two people in a relationship that are taking accountability, that are willing to do the inner work, then it's worth fighting for. If you have one person that's doing the work, that's taking the accountability, is taking the responsibility, and the other person is just pointing that finger and blame and shaming and not being responsible for their own transformation, you can't change anybody. It has to come from within. So that's really what we're looking at. There's so many ways that we can shift our own behavior that can inspire other people to shift theirs as well. But you have to be really honest with yourself about, is that person willing to do the work? Relationships are not supposed to be easy. No, this is what I call the soulmate myth, actually, is in society, the movies have told us that it's just going to be rainbow and sunshines and you, you see this guy across the room and your heart flutters and we ride off into the sunset. You know, you, you never see conflict resolution in the movies or in Disney, right? And it's given us this big misconception that when we're having this amazing, expansive internal state and then inevitably comes the disappointment we think, oh, it's not the right person. This is just a gift. Like our our partners are actually supposed to be our master button pushers. This is how we grow. This is how we evolve. This is how we transcend the ego. But a relationship should not be endured. A relationship should be a foundation of respect. And you need to have both people doing the work. Really true. I know a lot of my listeners have been in toxic relationships in the past, and sometimes you can feel like it's all your fault. So you're trying. Yeah. But I think that's why it's really important to get that distinction that both people have to have respect and yeah. do the work. I love that your partner is supposed to be your master button pusher. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> can you talk a little bit about what you mean by that? Yeah, so relationships are our greatest spiritual teachers. We only learn when we're being 
triggered. We only learn when we're face to face with that mirror. So our partner is supposed to trigger us because that is where the opportunity is for us to look within and be like, what is this? Okay, I'm feeling funky right now. What most people have been trained to do is you made me feel this way. This is your fault. But no, all this stuff is coming from before we even met our partners. This is coming from unhealed childhood trauma most of the time. And so when our partner triggers us, it's offering us a gift to heal some of these traumas from the past. But we have to be willing to look at things with curiosity. We have to be willing to be that inner astronaut and go within and be like, what is this feeling that I'm having? Is this mine? Or is this something that I am perceiving? Most of the time, it's our perceptions that are causing all of the suffering that we're going through. A situation happens, we give it a meaning, we go down the rabbit hole with it, and then we suffer. And most of the time, our perceptions are inaccurate. So it's always an opportunity for us to look at it with curiosity. They thank you for giving me this opportunity and then do the work. Otherwise, I mean, we would not be growing. We, we simply would not be growing if we were not being triggered. I think that's so true. I think people show up in your life as well to teach you certain lessons. And sometimes mm -hmm. someone comes along for a reason because you're supposed to learn something, to become somebody slightly different. Is that what you see with your clients? There's that saying, you meet people for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And I believe the, I believe a real world soulmate relationship is when two people are coming together with lessons to teach each other. But again, it comes down to being willing to learn those lessons and integrate them and to grow. There's that other saying that if you point the finger at somebody, there's always three pointing back at you. And that's so true. So with my clients, there's lots of times where we are able to take responsibility on both ends and a relationship can flourish and it can be beautiful and it can move into ecstatic bliss and grow better and better with the years, even if there was a lot of toxicity and dysfunction to begin with. It's just a learning curve. Then there's other times when only one person is willing to do the growth or maybe neither person is willing to do the growth. And I mean, what's going to happen, unfortunately, is that person that's not willing to do the growth is going to be faced with an opportunity exactly the same with their next partner who just looks different. So it's better to do the work now, learn our lessons now, and, you know, we can we can sustain a lot of the relationships that we are letting go of. That's really interesting, I think. And I, I also you know, see it all the time in my own coaching clinic. It can be really scary to stay when you're scared in a relationship, when you're thinking, well, you know, these things are coming up for me. And maybe consciously you haven't realized it's not them. You know, when you said you're pointing the finger, I, I agree. A lot of the times it's like, well, they're not right for me because I'm feeling this way and it's not good. So it must be them. But it is scary, right? It is scary to stay. It's scary to take accountability. It's scary to see it as an excuse to avoid getting hurt later on down the line by this person, potentially. So how can people stay centered, I guess, and, and stay in the moment and not run for the hills as soon as things get a little bit tricky? 
So the first thing is to actually realize that when we meet somebody and we feel all that energy and we feel that expansive and that open state, that's actually an internal state that that person didn't make you feel that way. You chose to open and you chose to be expansive. So when we're in relationships and we get scared, I mean, I believe one of the biggest lessons, spiritual lessons that we're here to learn is to remain open and to reopen and to reopen and to reopen as many times as necessary because we are love, but we've been taught to master fear. When we master fear, we constrict our energy and that's when we don't feel good. But this is all actually, this is an empowering thing because we choose our state. So yes, things are scary because as humans, our brain is designed to keep us safe, not make us happy. And there's so many misperceptions, but we want certainty. We want security in life, but there's no such thing as certainty. The only constant in life actually is change. And that's one of the radical things that we need to accept as humans. So keep your state expansive and you will always be okay. When we're retreating from fear, it's because we don't believe that we have the inner and outer resources to be able to handle it, but you do. And the only thing that fear really needs to know is I am safe and I can deal with this and you can. I'm just gonna voice, even just just listening to you, you're so calming and you sort of radiate <laughs> Calming energy. It's so lovely. For those people watching on YouTube, you'll know what I'm I mean. I mean you're phenomenal. Are you struggling to cope with your breakup or divorce? Are you feeling devastated, heartbroken, sad, and anxious? If so, please know that you are not alone and there is help available. Sarah Davison, best known as the divorce coach, and her team of accredited coaches are here to offer you the support and guidance you need to navigate all areas of your breakup, take back your control and start feeling happy again. Sarah will show you how to dial down those controlling negative emotions, unhook from your ex, get back in the driving seat of your life and design a future you are excited to live. Sarah has a range of solutions to support any breakup including free guides, one-to-one -one coaching, her Heartbreak to Happiness virtual retreats, live retreats, and you can even train to be a breakup and divorce coach with Sarah too. Visit www.saradavison.com today and start to feel happy again. So, I mean, I think if you can stay in a relationship and make it work, great. For those people that are going through the heartbreak and they're out the other side and they're thinking, right, I want to get dating, but I'm too scared. So, and it's that same thing again, really, about being brave enough to, to get back out there or just saying, oh, I'm not ready yet, which is an excuse. And I call it an excuse because I think it's a way that we protect ourselves from putting ourselves out there, potentially getting heartbroken all over again. So what's your advice for people listening who might find themselves in that situation? Mm, I love that you use the word excuse. My mantra, whenever I'm working with clients, whether in relationship or 
looking to find love again, it's soul work before goal work. And the first thing that we always look at is our limiting beliefs, aka our excuses, because there's always a secondary gain here. So the first thing we want to do is really take an inventory of what are you telling yourself? What are the narratives that's in the steering wheel right now? And then we want to look at what's the secondary gain and what's it actually costing you. For example, if the excuse is I'm too scared, I'm not ready yet. Sure, that's keeping you out of the game where 100% if you're not in the game, you're not going to get hurt. But the cost is you're also not going to find love. So we really have to take a look at what's in the steering wheel and then get honest about it. Right? Absolutely. I know you talk about being a wild woman. Um, and I love that term. I love it. But can you define what that means for you? Because it could mean a lot of different things, right? Yeah, <laughs> it totally could. So for me, wild woman is an archetype. And it's really about the rise of women coming back into their authenticity. For generations, as a society, but I feel especially so with women, we go back hundreds of years here, women have been taught to conform, women have been taught to pretzel themselves into certain versions in order for them to be ladylike, or to be marriage material, or to just have somebody want you. And that's constricting our energies, we've been told to shrink, it really is domestication. And it's funny because we think that, oh, we domesticated dogs and foxes and all of this, but humans is what we've domesticated the most. And so wild woman is about learning to dissolve this domestication. It's learning to radically accept who you are, all of you. For women, that's our emotions. That's our rage. That's our wanting to just dance in the living room. It's, it's all of you and it's beautiful. And when you can just let go of those metaphorical shackles and be free, that's when you are being in your wild woman. And as we spoke about earlier, only when you call in that soul love for yourself, which is the radical acceptance of all of you, is when you're going to find an emotionally available man who is strong and wants to positively contain all of this magicalness that's within you. And that's the wild woman. It's just organic. It's authentic. It's majestic. It's beautiful. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm sure all my listeners are thinking, yeah, I want to be that wild woman too. I mean, <laughs> dancing in my living room, I can handle that. But for those people listening to this thinking, yeah, but it sounds great, but where do <laughs> I start? You know, because it's, it's a big thing, isn't it? It's a big thing because as you say, oh. you know, We've pretzled ourselves, I love that phrase, into, into conforming, into sacrificing. If you're a mom, you, you maybe for your kids, or you've been in a very demanding relationship or toxic relationship, you know, looking after yourself can feel very selfish. Self-care quite often becomes something that is, oh, no, can't do that because that, that would be mm -hmm. wrong. That would be selfish. But it's not, but it's it's hard to shift from that mentality and that mindset, which maybe you've been stuck in that pattern for many years, how do you start to break free and let that wild woman out into your living room? How do you do that? Yeah, so it's a lot of um, somatic embodiment, really just coming back into your body 
and tuning in and paying attention to what you're saying yes to that doesn't actually feel good for you. And I want to challenge actually the self-care being selfish. I actually believe that self-care is selfless because when we're not caring for ourselves, we're actually constricting our energy and that's really unhealthy for feminine energy. And what happens is we end up getting stressed. We end up getting angry. We end up getting resentful. That's not really helping anybody. People are going to get the worst version of us versus, versus the best version of us. So it's not selfish. It's actually selfless to be investing into your own care because you can only give from a full cup. Absolutely. I'm always saying, you know, if you can't, if you can't look after yourself, you've got nothing left to give anybody else. So actually it's the least selfish thing. Like you say, it's selfless to put yourself first because then you've got more to give others. And for some people that that's what they need to hear for other people that just like, give it to me. I want to take it. I want to do this. So yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, so where do they start then? So start just by looking at your daily life and really just paying attention go throughout your day and just really be tuning in with everything that you're agreeing to and everything that you're doing and ask, like feel, feel into your heart, feel into your gut. Ask, does this feel good for me? Does this feel organic for me? Do I want to be doing this? We have to take an inventory first of where we actually are conforming ourselves Did you make dinner tonight because you thought that you had to or because you generally love to cook? Are you feeling angry that you just cleaned the house for five hours and then your husband came through with his muddy shoes on, right? Just look, did you miss your workout today because you had too many deadlines at the office, right? We have to look to see where are we not honoring ourselves, really pay attention. And then when we can see where we're actually not honoring ourselves, we can start to make choices that's going to be more self-honoring, that's going to be more organic to what your spirit actually wants. And some of these might take more navigation than others, right? We have to be realistic with it. You're just not all of a sudden not going to hit your deadlines at work, but we can restructure our day and we can just at least be aware of what's not feeling good because when we are aware of it, we can start to work through it. Really good advice. And I think once you start, like you say, to be consciously aware of the areas where you're not happy, then it's small steps, isn't it? I mean, you can't just never clean the house again, because <laughs> I think that would be quite a good option. You could self-clean itself. But, you know, I mean, uh, you know, but finding ways where you can either make it more fun or, you know, maybe find somebody else to help you. Or, you know, there's different ways to, to break it up and make it more manageable, as you say. So. Exactly. so- so when people are listening here, they're thinking, okay, well, I'm going to start working on me. I'm going to start the, the self-love process and releasing that wild woman. But the dating thing, I'm just a little bit scared of still. How do you help your clients navigate that? Because getting back out there on the dating scene, you know, even if you are feeling ready for it, can be a daunting process, can't it? Yeah, I can. I generally do an exercise with my clients where we dismantle fear. So we take time and we write out absolutely everything that we're scared is going to happen. Maybe I don't get any matches. Maybe I go on a great date, but he doesn't like me back. Maybe I get ghosted. Maybe 
maybe, 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 right? What if, what if, what if? We look at it all, no matter how silly it is. And we put it all on paper in front of us. That way we can look at, again, when we have all of these narratives that's going on in our head, it can feel so big sometimes. And that can end up just taking over. But when we can actually call it all out, put it in front of us, and then look at it a little more rationally and challenge it, that's so empowering. Then what I generally do is we generally take this big list after we've got it out and we burn it. And uh, we do a little ceremony where we say, thank you for taking this from me. And it's very liberating. But even just the practice of taking all of this just jumble that's going on in your head and just putting it in front of you it makes it look like oh that's really silly actually why would I think that (laughs) right but we're thinking it so just again consciousness bringing it to the conscious and just looking at it it makes these big mountain of something that seems so scary so much more easy to overcome I love that I think the actual practical burning of something as well and seeing it go up in smoke and the flames devouring it I think there's something very therapeutic about that Uh, yeah it's a very liberating experience and then you know my the backbone of all of my coaching is a very spiritual nature so we thank source divinity the universe for taking these fears we we dissolve them to the light I I love that Okay, great. So, I mean, I know a lot of people listening were thinking, you know, how can I work with Chana? So tell us a little bit about how people can get in touch with you, where they can find you. And and I know you offer a program. So tell us about that. Yeah. So my website is shannabromley.com, C-H-A-N-N-A. And I have a program right now called Attracting Love for the Wild Woman. This is a six-month transformative program. It's offered both in one-on-one and in a group setting. It utilizes ancient wisdom, modern dating strategies, and somatic embodiment so that we can call in our real-world soulmate. It teaches women to say no more to settling. It teaches women to say no more to repeating painful patterns of the past, no more to feeling unloved. It teaches you to reclaim your wild sovereign self, to become a super attractor, to communicate in a way that inspires his needs, to tap into your intuition and to boost your self-trust again, because sometimes after going through a painful relationship, we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust our choices anymore. So it really helps us resolve that as well. It helps us let go of fear and anxiety and it helps you call in and fulfill your future vision of love. That is incredible. So how does that work? Is that over Zoom? So I mean, not everyone can come to Costa Rica for six months. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. It's a weekly coaching session on Zoom and then private or group container. In Costa Rica, I do offer one day, full day VIP retreats. So if people are coming to Costa Rica, then we have a whole day that's planned where we really dive deep and we plan a day that's, you know, for some people, they want to be very relaxed while we're doing the inner work. Other clients I have, we're going on adventures as we're integrating a lot of the lessons as well. So it's really custom for per person. 
Wow, that sounds amazing. Well, thank you so much. I just want to ask you one last question that I yeah. ask all my guests Ooh, who come on my podcast. <laughs> so my podcast, as you know, is called Heartbreak to Happiness. And I think it's really important to identify what happiness is for you. Because even in the dark times when you're working through maybe trying to resurrect a relationship or get the courage yeah. to get back out there, release your wild woman and date again, you know, it's important to tap into that happiness along the way. So what is happiness for you, Shanna? So happiness to me is that internal state that I was speaking about earlier. Happiness is when I am full. I am in my sovereign wild self. I am full and I am in control of my internal state. So I am choosing to be open, I am choosing to be expansive. And happiness is that constant flow of me making that choice to remain in that state. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I hope a lot of you listening are going to check this out on YouTube because Shanna has such an amazing energy and she's just vibrating on a different level. So go check it out because I want you to see this for real. Well, thank you so much for being such a fabulous guest. I know the information you shared would be very, very helpful. And your course sounds amazing, by the way. So, yes, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. I appreciate it. That's it for today's episode. Do head on over to shannabromley.com to find out more about all Shanna's work and what she's doing. And I look forward to you joining me on my next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of Sara's virtual retreats. The retreats are a transformative combination of live webinars with Sara herself, coupled with empowering online video programs designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com, where you can also get a copy of Sara's free gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness. Happiness.